Welcome to the In My Humble Opinion podcast, a podcast that looks to discuss a number of topics that sometimes create more questions than answers. The views and opinions expressed by the presenters are their own and can be assured are utterly and woefully misinformed. If you like explicit content and naive ignorance, then please enjoy at your own risk. Movie Showdown. Hello, 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 and welcome to the In My Humble Opinion podcast. We are back. We are here to talk about the next stage of the movie showdown i'm paul i'm rob we have got through to the next round of our movie showdown before we go ahead we just need to clear up some misunderstanding that was in the last couple of episodes about how many films there are and what that means when you you create a tournament repeatedly through the episodes we kept remarking on it as the quarterfinals um Hmm. but paul's sorry paul's being pretty polite here I don't think Paul really mentioned it that much. I think it was actually me, like really <laughs> hammering it home. This is the quarterfinals, blah, blah, blah. Paul quite openly expressed his lack of sporting technical knowledge. I've got no idea. Got no idea. And he just let me, yeah, he just, he just believed me. <laughs> More for him. More for me. More for me. The understanding is, though, that was essentially we were talking about the last 16 of the tournament meaning that the winners of the last 16 are now the quarterfinal so we're in the quarterfinal stages here it's almost like you know like when your clocks go back you get an extra hour you get a little bit of extra so we're <laughs> you know you're getting a little bit of extra right now <laughs> you're getting a little extra a little cheeky a little extra little cheeky lay-in on yeah. those on those cold winter mornings yeah with us coming in your ears just to go over as well in the quarterfinals now that that's cleared up yeah who is versus who so it's just a refresher rob i'm gonna refresh you here because i don't know if you remember but you know me really well to be fair (laughs) like may i just say like over the weekend i i i gave promises to you i was like i promise yeah i'm gonna watch fucking all these films yeah i'm gonna know exactly what i'm doing i'll be honest i didn't watch any of them i did watch a couple of episodes of dr quinn medicine woman i watched a couple episodes of that that was good series very good and the wonder years literally i was listening to it and i was like wow yeah beautiful I mean, the the intro, uh, the introduction to the Wonder Years is, is mm. one, one of the best in TV. Get by with a little help from my friends. Is it? Is it that one? Is that the music? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. I love it. Get by with a little bit of help from my friends. There's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of that, you know. Okay. So the first quarter final. Should we say game? I don't know. Again, sports terms. I don't know. The first showdown. Qu- showdown. 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 Noises here. Yeah. <laughs> um, is it Step Brothers, which if you remember was your choice, versus Forrest Gump, which again was one of your choices. For fuck's sake. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's going to be a very. All right. Okay. Okay. I mean, obviously, clearly, I knew that. Yeah, I remember it well. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, like it was yesterday. Step Brothers beat Spider Verse. Yep. 
Spider-Man yep. to the Spider-Verse, which was a shame, but we both agreed that Step Brothers was, uh, was overall the better film. Forrest Gump beat Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones' Temple of Doom. Mm. Yeah, to get through the coveted quarterfinals. Yeah. Second uh, showdown is Akira. Your what, your choice, yeah. One of my choices, yeah, which beat Labyrinth. Mm. Yeah. Crazy, like it's fixed. I don't know. And you do <laughs> know because again, like I mentioned I before, <laughs> you fucking maybe you didn't. Maybe how, you didn't. How could I fix that? We there wasn't like. Yeah, what do you mean we both agreed? No, you just sent to me, oh yeah, my other half uh, pulled it out of her hat. Yeah. <laughs> she did. <laughs> she pulled it out of her hat. Yeah. I, was, I held I held the hat. That yeah. This yeah. is exactly the same as like the sorting hat in fucking Harry Potter going to uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, going, oh yeah, yeah, Slytherin. Yeah, you luck about the hat with you. And then yeah. Harry's like, well, no, actually, because this film's got my name on the fucking title. <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm choosing the rules here, sweet cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> the sorting hat and the Chamber of Secrets doesn't have the same yeah. rules, does it? No. Okay, so yeah, Akira beat Labyrinth, and then it was uh, Akira's going to go against Lord of the Rings Two Towers, which I definitely pushed through. Which it was against Little Shop of Horrors, so yeah, I pushed that. But it ended up being two choices of mine going through. So that's a hard uh, one. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. On yeah. the, on the third showdown, we have Shaun of the Dead, mm-hmm. uh, which which deservedly won against Die Hard. What do you mean, insult deservedly won? Deservedly won. Yeah. In your humble opinion? Yeah, no. Yeah. In my humble no, opinion. you are right. If you do remember, uh, it's not so much about how good the film is, it's about how good the film is to us. So. Mm, yeah. yeah, or you. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. How good the film is to me. If you listen yeah. back to Movie Showdowns, episode or part one in, in, the, in my humble opinion podcast, you'll probably hear Rob say... Oh yeah, Paul, I really love spending time with you watching Shaun of the Dead. If we had to watch Shaun of the Dead or Die Hard, it would be Shaun of the Dead. I love you, bruv. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Right, first of all, objection. Objection, <laughs> down, you Phoenix, lord. Right? No. <laughs> oh, what a fucking game. Oh man, I'm loving that shit. Yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, so, Shaun yeah, of the Dead one. Shaun, that, the well dead, Shaun of the Dead, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we had uh, Showgirls go through against the Goonies, which I really enjoyed talking about the Goonies, um, but I enjoyed talking about Showgirls even more. So we got yeah. a lot to discuss about that little gem. I enjoyed loads about Showgirls. Yeah, yeah. Um, Doesn't even uh, need to be verbal. No, actions. It's more about action. <laughs> yeah, actions and feelings. <laughs> feelings. <laughs> myself. Uh, and then in the final quarter final imagine is right imagine this if mama fratelli mama fratelli mama fratelli was actually the lead in showgirls (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine that shit i want to be a showgirl (laughs) hey call me the goddess (laughs) i'm dancing the swimming pool oh my god she wouldn't Sit back. <laughs> Imagine her. Like, she wouldn't be in the swimming pool. She'd be in, like, a dirty fucking puddle. Somebody would be like, oh, sorry, there's a body floating in the swimming pool next door, but it's Mama Fratelli <laughs> doing the, the, the pool scene in the showgirls. Doing the fucking doggy paddle. Come <laughs> 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 
fuck's uh, sake. Found out what his name was. That's why I said it. The Flintstones. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> weird flex, sir. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what I do. The final quarterfinal, we had Evil Dead 2, which beat Die Hard with a Vengeance. Obviously. It was obvious in the end. The argument yeah. was null and void by the end of us fangirling over Evil Dead. Um, yeah, because that's the shittest Die Hard film. So. It's all right. I think it's better than the first one. Oh my god! <laughs> Are we gonna do this again? We're gonna like we're gonna have a Die Hard uh, episode where we will just talk about one and two on their own. Uh, one I and three. don't think we should because we'd split up. But yeah, it'll be the end of an era. It'll be like Thelma leaving Louise. It would, but like imagine the breakup sex. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh my! <laughs> <laughs> That's not the episode. Yeah, oh, I <laughs> yeah, Sorry, yeah, gosh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The final, in the final, uh, the final person to go through, person, film, the final film to go through, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, because I banged on about that for far too long, which meant that the episode was a bumper episode. So, yeah, apologies for that. And thank you very much, listeners, for persevering through that to find out that it beat The Lion King in the end of the day. Mm, thanks for that. Yeah, <laughs> so... Yeah, to be it fair, was. You kind of just went on about trying to bang Nala for for a little while. Yeah, I mean, what happened after that recording? Nobody <laughs> needs to know about. Like, you know, nobody needs to know about. In fact, like, I don't want to know about that. <laughs> you got one of the like, kids' uh, like big bumper Disney coloring books out. <laughs> yeah, a little flick through the pages. Uh, exactly that. <laughs> I was like, so I woke up next morning to like loads of emails from like WWF, like sponsor this animal <laughs> kind of shit. I don't know what that was from, but like took a bit of money out of my account. Don't worry about it. I cancelled it. It's all good. It went through to the to the podcast email, and it was like, you you no sir, you <laughs> have sex with the animals you adopt. Then I'm not. I'm out. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, done. You want me to save them? On a condition, <laughs> you know, there are rules. You dirty boy. Um, mm. so yeah, there you go. Step Brothers versus Forrest Gump, Akira versus Lord of the Rings Two Towers, Shaun of the Dead versus Showgirls, and Evil Dead Two versus Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. So we are going to go into the first showdown, which is Step Brothers versus mm-hmm. Forrest Gump. Now, we're not going to argue in the similar way that we did previously. To in the quarterfinals we're going to mix it up a little bit so what we're going to do is uh we're going to read out a, a review from imdb uh for each of the films and we're going to base our opinion off of the review we may we may counter some of the arguments off of imdb but they are the one star reviews that people have left for the films so in their own humble opinions they've made their voice heard on the internet as we know which is the worst place to do it and and we're gonna see what their opinion was of these movies that we have put through as good movies <laughs> so yeah and um, uh, like just let's clear this up a little bit of admin a little bit of house housekeeping yeah a little bit of housekeeping you say we are gonna read these reviews no, you are you gonna read these reviews because it's best <laughs> <laughs> it is best i have 2020 vision so <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, it's, it's best. Yeah. It is yeah. Okay, so Step Brothers. We're gonna go Step Brothers yeah. first. Step Brothers is versus Forrest Gump. So the review mm. um for Step Brothers 
all on IMDb, all of these reviews, and they're all one-star reviews to to keep it equal across the board. No two-star, one-star. The title of this review for Step Brothers is Warning! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. This movie will suck the intelligence out of you. I just cannot believe that any grown-up actor would want to be part of this pile of manure. What on earth were they thinking? It has no redeeming features at all. It suffers from an unbelievable story and even more unbelievable characters. Okay, so that person is clearly like into opera (laughs) and fucking, I don't know, like French noir films where everything's got to have a fucking reason behind it. (laughs) I agree with that. Yes, I think that you should know what type of film you're watching and the expectations should be managed at that stage. Mm. It doesn't end there. But we did, we were like, these characters are very believable in the last, uh, to, to get it through into the into yeah. the, uh, this bracket. Maybe we just know really stupid fucking people. Yeah, maybe. So it doesn't end there. It's a sorry state of affairs. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, that, maybe. Maybe <laughs> it is a sorry state of affairs when people who are interested in movies, they must be if they're part of IMDb, lol, can say this rubbish is the best comedy they have ever seen. How dumb can you be? I feel really dumb myself because I keep trying to watch Will Ferrell comedy movies. I should know better because there is not one I could say I really liked. The only so, film I've seen him in is Stranger Than Fiction. That film was awful. It wasn't in his wheelhouse. He tried the best. No, they, he wasn't him. What the fuck is this cunt doing? Sorry. Apologies. <laughs> like, we don't know this person's name or anything like that. They're not going to hunt us down, are they? And no. even if they do, I don't care, because that person is seriously like an inferior specimen <laughs> of a human being anyway. I, they are a bit what? of a... A bit of a movie snob. I'm guess I'm I'm guessing that that they they are a bit of a snob when it comes to films. Right. So what they they're deliberately watching. So that, oh yeah, watched all Will Ferrell's film. I hate every one of them. So I mean, I'm not being funny. You watch one or two, and you're like, nah, I'm not going to watch any more of theirs. Yeah. Stop. Stop being a glutton for punishment. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Do you want me to start sure. putting? Do you, I bet that person's like putting out cigarettes on their toes and jacking <laughs> off? <laughs> What's wrong with you? I know. Yeah. So he still goes on, though, or she? I don't know. Um, right. He seems to repeat himself over and over in each movie. None of them with any idea of what comedy is. Avoid this and anything with feral in it, like the plague. You'll be less intelligent after watching this crap. If this is the sort of thing that makes you laugh, then you are beyond sad. Beyond sad, like what? What's Manic beyond sad? Depressed. Yeah. So I mean, oh yeah, I'm a bit sad. Is it like, a target audience though? Because they, yeah, well, they want to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. You don't put it on and think, oh yeah, really fancy like a melodrama. <laughs> no. Yeah. I really, I really fancy watching like mellow myself out. Watch a film like Black Swan. Oh no, I'll no. I'll watch fucking old school. <laughs> oh yeah that's a no. great film it's great a fucking take. banger film they don't stop there though are so, you joking <laughs> no, no it is witless dull and without any kind of merit i was horrified to see that mary steenbergen would lend her talents to this pile of odor it was though it was written by a 15 year old but not performed as well as 15 year olds would manage will ferrell is his usual lame self and john c Riley 
must have felt like he was dying inside. He's so much better than this. To think that an adult would read the script and think that it was worth doing is beyond my comprehension. Anyone involved in this should be thoroughly ashamed of themselves. And that's where it ends. <laughs> I mean, like, if I was anything to do with that film and, like, my nan watched it, I'd be ashamed of myself. Like, <laughs> you know, oh, nan. Gold. It is gold. I don't agree with that. It's yeah. just, it's preposterous. I don't know. Step Brothers is a film for what it is. And we said in the last episode or the episode before that, it's hilarious on its merits. It's really quotable. It's incredibly funny. It has some newer ideas that have in that genre of like the Judd Apatow films where it's all those similar actors doing the, the same stuff. It was a standout, the, all of them. Yeah, I would say that whole genre, which was like over a period of time, it was like um, instigated by American Pie, I would say. It was almost yeah. like irrelevant shock humour. Mm-hmm. So it, it tapped into an audience of which, or a like a liking, as we say, that everybody had. Anyway, but nobody was like brave enough to almost admit it. Yeah. Actually, this is really fucking funny. Everyone can come together over it. <laughs> like, I mean, can they all, like, Nana, can she come over? <laughs> <laughs> I'll make her come over. I don't worry about that. <laughs> Sorry. It was, like, it was so refreshing that whole period of time. And again, as you say, like, Step Brothers took what it was, took that level of what irrelevant offensive humor was and just accentuated it and excelled it even more so how can this guy oh my god this person it's infuriating it is infuriating maybe because we're fans of it i don't know or you know the fact that we think if you go to a job interview you wear tuxedos and you go with the same person and then you string out a long fart during your job interview and it's hilarious it's hilarious (laughs) if somebody did that to me if like a the chef came in and was like, yeah, I want to be in your brigade and stuff. And they did that. I'd be inclined to hire them. <laughs> I know, just like, purely on the bands. The person who did that review, clearly, their their comic value is like, I don't know, fucking Antiques Roadshow or like <laughs> Songs of Praise. Like, oh, yeah, it's Sunday night on BBC One or Two. Oh, let's have a right old fucking laugh. Let's have a giggle. They obviously didn't watch the whole film because at the end, like once, you know, they realise that they can't live as adults anymore and they need each other because that's what it is. And then they do the song at the Catalina wine mixer, the fucking Catalina la, wine la, mixer. La, 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 la. <laughs> yeah boats and homes Uh, like the whole thing is just it it wraps it up in a beautiful bow like it's fantastic it's really really good and also like may i just quickly ask going back to the comments they mentioned uh actress what was the actress's name sorry oh it was uh mary steinberg or, or something yeah all right, cool. Well, i do what character i think she's uh like brennan's mum fit yeah she was in Back to the Future as well, three. She was, and she was decent that as well. She's, She's good in... for an older lady. Yeah, I mean, great wardrobe. That is, we've... Like, the makeup? Coming on often. <laughs> like, listening, listening to back to our previous episodes on movies, <laughs> it's like, yeah, great wardrobe, yeah. We really focused on Maria Tomei, who's the, who is our... Like, uh, Aunt May in yeah in yeah we, we you yeah. see her in the guru oh see that don't even <laughs> fuck genuine enjoyment and that yeah shit and that film was a shit film <laughs> <laughs> it was a shit great film. casting but yeah that's kind of sad but that's what that is 
So with Forrest Gump, we're going to do the same thing. One star review on IMDb. Now, this is for Forrest Gump. Rob, calm down on this, okay? No, I'm this literally, person... I'm not being funny, but like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, this is going to be almost like a personal attack for me. I feel okay, right. <laughs> this, this, I feel like I'm going to get a bit angry. I'm looking like... This person goes into it. I'm not going to lie. Okay. The, I, the I bet look... none of the others do. I bet you've deliberately chosen <laughs> this one. You're like, yeah, Rob's, Rob's going to fucking get really upset. No, I bet you wrote this no. yourself, didn't you? It was me. <laughs> it was... Okay, uh, so the, the, t- the title <laughs> of, of this review is Didn't Like or Get the Message. What a fucking cunt. <laughs> Like, I haven't even started yet. Okay. I'm out. <laughs> okay. You can stop me whenever you feel like you have to counter their their review argument. Right, how long do you want this fucking episode to be? Okay, so... I've got work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> this movie suffers from a bad case of schizophrenia. The movie starts out as a story about a boy who overcomes a handicap with a strong single mother. The movie could have been then a low-key version of radio made a statement about the obstacles one has to overcome so maybe radio is a film about somebody in a similar situation who overcome the odds and was successful why would you want to make it schizophrenic what's schizophrenic about it literally nothing that's been spoken before like when the battle between forrest gump and fucking indeed uh, Indy, yeah, you were like, oh yeah, Indy, Indy's such a complex, he's got so many fucking like, <laughs> angles, and he grows as a character, man, yeah, great. But I'm like, Forrest Gump never changes, he no, is him. What is, what is schizophrenic about fucking Forrest Gump? Clearly, that person has like a very misinformed, uneducated view on <laughs> disabilities. This is only three lines in. Calm down. <laughs> okay. oh, I think I'm the schizophrenia is, a, is about like, because the, the movie changes after he's, the handicap element of the film is like the first, what, 20 minutes? He's very uh, No, no, it's literally like, like the whole entire fucking film, actually. Well, no, 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 no. Hang on a minute. You're you're saying the, in what you just said, no, you're saying the then you're handicap referring... is only physical. What? <laughs> Not all but disabilities then... are only seen, Paul. Are you saying that he does have a disability for the rest of the film? Then. Yeah, he has a disability in the entirety. Of course, he does. No, I know he does, but I mean his physical disability. <laughs> anyway. Instead, Zemeckis, who was the director, wanted to make a statement about American history from the 60s to the 80s, and the result was a judgmental indictment without regard for the complexities involved. For example, we are supposed to think that Forrest Gump is dim-witted, that he doesn't care about civil rights when a young black woman is trying to attend class. Is Zemeckis mocking civil rights? How is he mocking it? How is he mocking it? Not at all. Not once does Forrest Gump go, oh, what the fuck's going on here? He's not mocking it. He's so, like, he's so non He's naive to anything around. Any kind of prejudice or anything like that. Yeah. He, he's literally, like, he's so single-minded that, you know, he, he doesn't see, he doesn't let the effects of prejudice affect He doesn't him. understand what prejudice is. Because he doesn't have it. Because he's such a fucking amazing <laughs> pure person. He's he's literally like he's everything that like Gen X want him 
want any everybody in the human planet to be he doesn't like value a person on their like color or background or anything like that he's like he sees that girl drop a book and it's like oh yeah fuck i'm gonna pick up the book for her then yeah how's that mocking it he's highlighting it and also like the whole thing is like not mocking it the whole thing is highlighting the stupidity of prejudice yeah at so many different levels then there's something about having to pee while shaking hands with uh, LBJ, which was, he was the mm. president, wasn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, same, yeah. Um, I guess some people find this funny, but it just appeared childish to me. Then Gump goes off to Vietnam, leaving his flaky, irresponsible girlfriend behind. You easily, you get tired easily of this girlfriend being portrayed as an irresponsible child. And then when he returns from Vietnam, he gets in a fight with some pretentious hippie who is supposed to represent the entire anti-war movement. And this is really irritating to me, seeing all the complexities and issues of the 60s being used to subjectively attack the anti-war movement. What a <laughs> load of fucking shit. Firstly, Jenny, <laughs> Jenny was never his girlfriend. They, they were never actually the no. girlfriend or any Florida. He actually doesn't pick a fight with Lieutenant Dan or like the hippie movement at all. He absolutely never does that. In all no, fairness, like because Jenny's Jenny's there at the war rally, anti-war rally, mm, and yeah. the guy that she's with is, I guess, the hippie in question. Doesn't Forrest get a little bit uppity about it a little bit with Jenny, and they get into a scuffle? He doesn't get up to you about the movement about the like civil rights or whatever or any political value or anything like that he no. gets up to you because he slaps jenny and he's like nah, that's dad. right yeah it's like nah, dad. so is that is, is that is that a, 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 an indictment on female violence and making it yeah. trivial <laughs> yeah, exactly if he did oh, <laughs> oh don't worry about it vietnam was so bad i'm gonna let this guy slap this woman around no he was didn't want to see his friend getting slapped about. I feel like this person's gone too much into looking at messages instead of Forrest going through time and should really be focusing on his life and the complete, like I said before, the complete random events that happen to him, like he finds himself in a situation. So you, you mm. should be following Forrest's path and he is just in these scenarios at the time. You exactly. don't need to look at... He forest's effect as the dim-witted person yeah for the movement's sake he he is literally like he's he's almost just like watching things pan out in front of him and he just happens to be there watching it almost he, yeah. he's not deliberately trying to be part of that to be fair i get this next point <laughs> after this slight the movie moves on to a new story now forest is running for no reason doesn't just run away what was all what you he mean just runs he just runs he, yeah. he doesn't tell anybody why i'm pretty sure he it was at that stage where he his emotions were getting way too on top of him no, i'm just gonna run there's a, like there's a reason there's like an emotional reason he's like right i need to get away from the emotions that he's actually feeling. So I'm just going to fucking run. And he runs. It, par it parallels the beginning, doesn't it, in a way. He's running at the beginning as a way of kind of breaking free of the physical disability he has at the time. Yeah. And, you know, he's but he's also running from fear. From fear. It? It's like, yes. oh yeah, shit, something, something's going on. I'm scared. I'm, yep. I don't know what to do here. And somebody has suggested, well, fucking run. Jenny's yep. like, run. And he's like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm going to run then. 
Yep. So it's like him harboring back to that. It's like a like a reflex to it. Yeah. That he gets scared again. It's like, well, I'm just gonna fucking run that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll finish it off. So by the end of the movie, I'm just annoyed by his talk about the box of chocolates. This movie was extremely annoying, patronizing, and ignorant. Forrest Gump might have been better, more honest movie if Zemeckis stuck to the storyline instead of pursuing a right-wing political agenda. <laughs> well, no, that went a little bit crazy at the end there, didn't it? <laughs> well, I think, first of all, like, clearly this person does not know their left or right. Like, they need to, <laughs> like, on their trainers or shoes or whatever they fucking wear, they need to literally put left and right, because this is so far away from right wing. Yeah, it is yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's like it's so lefty. Based off of those two, the Step Brothers and Forrest Gump, what are we going to say? Like, how do we then think which one's going to go through? Step Brothers or Forrest Gump? Me personally. Yeah. I mean, they're both they're both my choices, and like it's agonizingly no. That's a complete lie. There's there's no competition for me. There literally isn't. Like Forrest Gump for me all day. Yeah. I fucking love that film so much. I agree. I Forrest Gump yeah. is a great film. It is a great film. And although yeah. I take the piss out of it all the time, like there's more layers to that than there is to Step Brothers. But I enjoy Step Brothers mm. for what it is. Forrest Gump's going through. Happy days. We'll see how that goes when they go against the winner of the second quarter final so that's akira versus lord of the rings so i'm just going to fly into akira's negative review and we'll go from there i'm sure i'll have a lot to say about this as these were my choices um both of them i have like especially akira i don't have a lot to say about it because i can't (laughs) fucking remember it (laughs) okay well let's see if this refreshes any of your memory the title of the review is mighty overrated possibly the worst anime ever made i hate this person akira is possibly the most overrated anime ever made i do not understand the love it's been held as a classic tell me why you love this is it because of the convoluted story that i understand it is a little bit more cerebral than other movies that's because it doesn't hold its punches with the audience it wants the audience to or uh, expects the audience to understand what's going on well just actually like work and pay attention yeah it doesn't need to spell it out if you want to i don't think it, i don't think it's that convoluted at all if i'm no. honest like compared to a simple like... movie watch the meg 2 there you go well yeah is it because of the lifeless and dull characters is it because it's really long is it because it has many scenes of unnecessary violence not quite sure what this person is meaning does the, the characters what? are not dull at they all. are thick <laughs> they, are, like, they, they are, are thick double c thick yeah seriously i do not get it the characters were dull the story is contrived and confusing and the violence is far too much and some of it is towards the kids they're all kind of teenagers what? and they're in a gang they're in like a yeah. gang it, like when it gets a bit later on it's a little bit gory but that's because of what's happening to tetsuo he just gets a little bit mutated and then you know yeah. obviously there's the, the little weird uh guys they look horrifying but that's the crescendo of it like what are you expecting them to fucking sit down and have a cup of tea and play cards like no i don't know this person there are many anime out there that are great like vampire hunter d princess mononoke for example okay so they're, they're light touch they're like the first sorts of anime films you watch 
Well, you're telling me Princess Mononoke has no violence in it. That is massively violent. For a and Studio I've... Ghibli. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ghibli. yeah. Fuck me, there's like blood and gore all over the gaff. I think it's a 12. It's a 12, it shouldn't be. Yeah, no, there's wolves that eat shit. Like... Yeah. It is good though. Akira just doesn't satisfy at all. It's boring and unpleasant. And to finish my story, halfway through Akira, my brother, who was really excited to watch the film, fell asleep and I was drowsy. I hate this movie, though the test of time, Akira will remain the most overrated piece of anime garbage. Maybe this person's brother was so fucking bored that being around that person just fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, because they're just going on about something they don't fucking understand. Yeah, and if this person's worried about like violence and stuff like that in anime film, I suggest do not watch Itchy the Killer. Because, <laughs> no. like, I mean, that's got some real fucking no, that's real good shit. shit in there, yeah, that's really that. good. And if you want it a recommendation, rules. watch Itchy the Killer. By the way, yeah, really watch good. yeah. But all of it is it all makes sense. Like, there's a reason for all of it. It is relevant. And I, I don't yeah. think the violence is not relevant in, in Akira as well. It's about like street gangs in like a Tokyo that has suffered after mm. a war and has become this like neo like cyberpunk place. Yeah. And yeah. Fits in with the story aesthetic that it's trying to put across. Like gangs are there, you know, it's quite lawless. Plus chuck a like a, a sidekick or psychokinetic like being into it who just overtakes people and like wants to decimate the city again of course it's going to be violent it will always be violent what what do they i don't know what they expect do they watch batman films and be like oh <laughs> oh my god gotham's a lawless fucking world there's so much <laughs> violence everywhere there's less violence than this than i, mean, I don't yeah, know like the shit i had the other day <laughs> with batman though like mm. it always seems like none of the shops are open in Gotham. It does seem, and it's like it's always dark. Yeah, would you open your shop? Why have a shop then? I mean, said online. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, yeah, you're right. Bit, yeah, it's a bit strange. It is a bit strange. But maybe doing these negative reviews was the worst idea because it's just making us very angry about like what to do. I don't agree with the points there, and I think that's what we should be thinking about. We'll look at Lord of the Rings now. <laughs> I'm sure that you'll All love right. this. <laughs> I'll um, probably resonate with a lot of it. For one of <laughs> I know, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. But also, like, I love this film. I love these. Yeah. I love these Lord of the Rings films. Like, as I said previously about Die Hard. Like, I the thing I love about it is that I could just fucking like pull piss. it apart and take <laughs> yeah. piss out. Of it. I love yeah. it. Right, and yeah, I can't. Myself. I can't take piss out of Akira. It's fucking. No, I can't take the piss out of Akira. Honestly, as like it's had such a profound effect on how how I grew up. Yeah, like, I hate every word that person's written. Much probably yeah. in the same way as the Forrest Gump dissertation that we just went through. Not even close. No. All right. <laughs> okay. I um, think. I think. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be in the mood to put Akira on. I mean, if you're if you're going to compare it to other anime films, we'll say. Yeah. If I'm like, oh yeah. I want to watch an anime film. I've got to be in the mood, in the mood, sorry, to watch Akira. But yeah. I don't really have to be in any sort of mood to watch The Cat Returns. Like, no. you know, <laughs> just, just pop it, it on. on. No, yeah. you're right. You're right. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. that's that's true. In that respect, then we'll we'll go on to to Lord of the Rings and just see. Disappointed and angry is the title of this one. Agreed. Okay, there we go. <laughs> sorry, so, no. All done. No, I'm joking. This person 
seems to be a fan of the first film. So after the wonderful realisation of the Fellowship of the Ring, I was greatly anticipating the next instalment with the Two Towers. uh, Sorry, what realisation is that? What realisation is that? The first film, you're literally like spending fucking three hours of your life thinking, (laughs) okay, so what's going to happen? And it gets to the end, it's like, like nothing, like really. What are you talking about? (laughs) What what happens? They go through Moria, and then there's the fight with the Balrog, and then the Fellowship split. Oh, was that the and bit where Gandalf's like, you shall not pass? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. No. Yeah, that... Okay. Yes. No, there was plenty <laughs> that went on. The, you know, Bilbo's party. And <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. He fucking had a party. Sorry, I digress. We're not talking about a Fellowship, we're talking about this no, one. We're talking about a second Okay, so yeah. this guy... He's flexing. As a writer, I can understand that some changes need to be made to adapt a book to film. However, I think the title given to this movie should have been Peter Jackson's Two Towers. The plot changes and additional scenes with Arwen were absolutely unnecessary for translating the book to film. But there were certain changes. I will admit that. Some of it, though, it just couldn't be filmed in that sense. And there had to be a thread throughout that was consistent through the movies to condense it all down in the three movies wouldn't have worked very well and it would have lost the audience by introducing certain other characters or storylines that are in the book would have really convoluted it and made something that not a lot of people uh, would find easy enough to follow even harder mm. to follow. so yeah we'd have made it a bit too it. dense you tell. it's not really that important is it it's kind of always important no, not really that important <laughs> It's only like the fucking one ring, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but everyone's like, no, I've got shit to do. Aragorn's like, nah, I'm not fucking touching that. You mad? Give it to these little fucking half pint cunts and let them crack on. Sorry. Them be. <laughs> they are, they, they have a, an uncanny resistance to the ring. That's why he is chosen. That's why Bilbo was fucking batshit crazy. Yeah, he was batshit crazy, but he didn't go Gollum crazy, although Gal- Gollum was Schmeagol, who was uh, a hobbit as well. Yeah, I mean, Frodo, he didn't suffer, did he? No, because he, well, if you think about it, he kept the ring in a box for a long time, and then he only really got it out when he left, and then after that, it was he was pretty fucked. It took him a long time. Yeah, it was like, oh yeah, keep it secret, keep it safe. Oh, no one's about, I'll open that, and the minute he does, bang, fucking <laughs> shit goes on. Ring raves were after him. Gollum's fucking going for it. What? That's true. That's true. I mean, right. to be fair, if Bilbo had been using the ring for all that time to sneak about and get cakes and stuff, why weren't the Nazgul around at that stage? I'm sorry, but if, like, remember what was that film with Kevin Bacon in where it goes invisible? Do you know what I mean? Hollow Man. Yeah, Hollow Man. Do you know when he gets invisible? You know what he does, right? He goes and perves on ladies. I mean that's bad. It is bad. But what you, I'm saying is, you say what Bilbo does. That. <laughs> what Bilbo does? Oh yeah. Oh, oh, I nick the fucking cake from Mrs. Tubbins or whatever. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm a fucking evil man. Oh, this ring and Gandalf's like, oh fucking oh, there's been a there's been a naughty bit of behaviour going on here. Oh, take that off him. Yeah, shit. He could have done a hell of a lot worse for that. Do you think they should have remixed Hollow Man and? Lord of the Rings and made like Frodo sneaking into the prancing pony, having a little loop <laughs> at Fanny Craddock's big knockers. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. 
<laughs> I, would, I just think I'd like, make that. it make it a little bit more realistic. <laughs> oh, I stole a cake. You wouldn't fucking steal a cake, oh, would you? So, <laughs> yeah, but there I bet I love a... gash as well. <laughs> <laughs> There's enough of them to think that they do. Um, yeah, they all look the same. There was much to like about the movie in terms of art direction and special effects. Unfortunately, some of the attention went into creating digital characters. And I'll say that Gollum was nicely done in large part to Andy Serkis's work, that the real actors were left to stand around and watch or react to what a virtual character was doing, which was the downfall of Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Thankfully, Gollum was no Jar Jar Binks, but still created a similar issue. So picking on Gollum here. Well, yeah, they're picking on Gollum, but yeah. that isn't the real fucking victim in that sentence. Jar Jar the Phantom Menace is the biggest <laughs> yeah. victim in that. And I fucking stand by my word. I love that film hard. Jar Jar Binks, get in the bin. No, Whatever. No. I feel like Jar Jar is an underrated character. Like, he was uh, technical ability. Like, he was the first fully formed motion capture character on film to be a key player in the whole plot and it worked really well and yes Jar Jar was more of the comic relief but so were C-3PO and R2-D2 in the original films and Jar Jar was yeah. in for the kids anyway because it was kind of you know it was aimed at the at the family and he's not in any of like the, the main points of the film he's he no, is there in the background as the comic relief so but Jar Jar is effective yeah, I mean no, he's not that important is he he's only the fucking guide <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, from... he's, yeah. Are he... you telling me, right? So you're telling me that they based all of that on, like, the family, for the kids, and everything mm-hmm. like that. So you telling me that my, I would say my second favourite fucking Star Wars film is because I'm too immature <laughs> and too, is that what you're saying? Hi, listeners, Paul here. I have no idea what he's on about. Yes, with The Phantom Menace. Right. Yeah, it's he was created predominantly for for kids and merchandising, such as as George Lucas's way. Anyway, yeah, I don't know how we're yeah, I know how we're <laughs> but, but yeah, like anyway, for yeah. Gollum for Gollum though, Gollum takes the next step, and yes, Andy Serkis done an amazing job, but so did the character design, like and like it made a huge jump from Jar Jar to mm. Gollum and the movement and the animation of facial animation all this stuff mocap everything yeah else. everything was like you know it was really really good and great they, they wanted and he's to a, highlight that he's an exceptional character like he Gollum is, is very an exceptional character he is yeah. so he does bear some relevant well, he bears massive relevance on the story so of course he's going to be a, a key player but this person doesn't seem to think that that is the case no purist where talk- Tolkien is concerned, but I would have been able to live with small changes that were necessary to make the movie. For example, I can understand why the film didn't end at the same place as the book did. It didn't bother me. Nevertheless, there were some rich scenes in Tolkien's novel from the friendship between Legolas and Gimli to some very moving moments between Frodo and Sam, mm-hmm. uh, which, <laughs> which, uh, one of which awakens the best out of Gollum for a moment. They were ignored and replaced by Peter Jackson's own ideas. This I cannot live with, and it makes me very angry. I hope he gets back to Tolkien's world when he finishes the last movie. Obviously, this review was done before Return of the King. Mm, yeah, if you can't live with that, then die. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, sorry. No, th- this is a thing. This is a thing. Like, fandoms mm, yeah. can destroy the thing that they love. You can see it with Lord of the Rings, and I get it, because if you love the books, and then there's a film about a book, 
you always think, oh, are they going to do it any justice? Always, yeah. of course. I'm the same with The Witcher. Like, I yeah. love The Witcher books. I've read them all. I think they're absolutely fucking amazing. So I can get that. I can understand that. Yeah, sure. But from, like, an entertainment point of view, like, the, the film is fucking good. Yeah, it's handled with care by people that love the books. So mm. you can imagine that, like you know, having to write out these integral scenes was quite hard for them, but they wanted to also bring that back in other ways. So, you know, Legolas and Gimli's relationship still builds incredibly well throughout the two towers, all the way to the battle of Helm's Deep, where they're laughing and joking about how many orcs they've killed. Like, you know, Mm. it's there. It's just not in, like, black and white, frame by frame, page by page. Because, like, Peter Jackson gave the gave the onus and the responsibility to form and understand the character relationships to the viewer instead of having it like fucking spelled out to yeah. them the entire time oh yeah this person does this this person loves that person before that yep. blah, blah, blah. You're, you're not trusting the audience by doing that no. just trust the audience by letting it flow and eventually they obviously in that relationship with Legolas and Gimli you get to the crescendo and you're like yeah. oh yeah yep. it's, it's worth it and stuff yeah Indeed. and if Samwise did not fuck Frodo then <laughs> I don't know so with Akira and Lord of the Rings then so based off of those they're both weak arguments much like the ones before and it's horrible to lose one of these much like you were like yeah Forrest Gump's gonna go through anyway I'm going to be like Lord of the Rings is going to go through. Yeah, and I think personally, if I'm honest, I I have to agree with you on it. Oh, yeah, I'd, yeah, I love both. I'm happy with that. Good stuff. Okay, right. Lord of the Rings goes through, which does mean that Lord of the Rings goes against Forrest Gump in the semi-final. Shit. That's irrelevant, isn't it, really? <laughs> I don't think you're going to get there. <laughs> Shaun of the Dead. I Shaun think it's going to get well irrelevant. Well it's relevant, get, sorry, it's isn't it? get fucked up after this. Yeah, uh, shit. So Shaun of the Dead versus Showgirls now. So Shaun of the Dead. We love that film. Hilarious. Zombie rom-com. All good. Now this person called it Yawn of the Dead. Before I start with the review, I'd like to make it clear that I'm a huge fan of anything that has to do with zombie films. Don't say that. I can see all I can get my hands on, whether it be good or bad, whether I've heard anything about them or not. Shaun of the Dead seemed like a cool idea for a movie, at least prior to when I saw the trailer. After seeing the trailer, I thought I'd give it a chance anyway. Something not recommended to do, since that's the 99 minutes of my life that I am never going to get back. Right, sorry. I mean, first of all, he's classifying that as a zombie film, which it isn't. It is no. not a zombie film. No, not yeah. at all. It's, it happens during a zombie apocalypse, but it's not that yeah. film. No. There's almost it's a... nothing about that almost. No. It's, like, it's, it's something that's happened yeah. that they have to deal with. It's not about yeah. zombies at all. What, no. what are you talking about? Not even part of it. No, what are you talking about? Yeah. It's, it's a romantic comedy and a man becoming a better man. A, ch- yeah. like a man boy becoming a, a man. So, yeah, but he's got he's got wrong. He's wrong. Uh, one of the main problems with this movie is the characters. <laughs> okay, that's not true. All the characters are written incredibly well. For, for good drama, you need suitable characters to move the story forward. Shaun of the Dead lacks this vital component. In many instances, it's hard to tell what the screenwriter is thinking. The following characters inherit this film. The main character, Shaun, he is an ugly loser with nothing going for him. He feels sorry for himself. The whole way through the film, 
all the way to the ending, but it's really his own fault that he is a big loser. Sean has a friend who lives off of him, and Sean's other roommate. This guy is lazy, fat, and a disgusting slob with no sense of responsibility whatsoever. I forgot to mention that he deals marijuana as his only way of income. Adorable, isn't it? Right, so what is that not about character depth? <laughs> also, would, would you prefer that Sean is played by, I don't know, Ryan Gosling? Would you prefer that? Or like... Um, it's not believable. Uh, it's not relatable. How can you no. say that that isn't like the characters are dead? The whole film is like, I don't know what the budget is. I can't imagine it was that much. But no. all of it, all of it is based around dialogue and character interaction. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's like fucking all of it, the epitome of it. The, the writing is really good. And it's because Sean is he's an everyman character. It doesn't need to have leading man looks. And the fact that Ed, his friend, so Nick Frost, is this kind of character, is part of Sean's development because it's his past. It's Sean mm. is conflicted with hanging around and just being, you know, a bit lazy, a bit of a deadbeat and not moving forward of his life. And Ed encapsulates mm. that part of his life where Liz, his it girlfriend, is, is the element of moving on and becoming an adult. Shows and that's the clear. Complete opposite ends of the spectrum and yeah. it couldn't be more clear and it shows the conf- confliction that he Sean has between the two how could that be not be any more obvious the unsympathetic main characters are morons who nobody can identify with <laughs> and the only sensible person in the trio of people flatmates so there's also Sean's other flatmate uh, who's Peter Serafinowitz, who has oh, the job. Yeah, oh, and like, boys, him. yeah, he, yeah, uh, exactly. yeah. Um, he dies first. You can't build a movie like this if you can't identify yourself with the protagonist. You won't care what happens to this, and then the movie will not draw you in. I won't bore you with descriptions of the rest of the characters, but it's basically the same drill as with the ones I've already mentioned. I mean, the person that's running that complaint, if you can't relate to Sean, then that person is clearly like a fucking... Wall Street guy. I guess so. Shit together, driving BMWs and stealing money off the poor. I don't know. It is preposterous. It still goes on. Another problem with the film is that it's a bit schizophrenic. Again, I think they love saying schizophrenic in the sense that it doesn't know what kind of movie it wants to be. It certainly is no romantic comedy because one, let's face it, how romantic are zombies, really? And two, it's failed attempt at comedy. It's a very few jokes are actually funny. Maybe... It's the last one because it's British sort of humour that I don't get. Anyway, up until the last 20 minutes of the film, it tries to be a comedy, and then, however, it gets to 100% serious and turns into some sort of splatter horror drama. This film is not good. It's one of the worst zombie films I've ever seen, and I've seen some bad ones. This person uh, missed the point completely. Yeah. I mean, again, like I said before, like labelling it as a zombie film is madness. Yep. Absolute madness. And also, like, when um, the first time I watched it or heard about it or trailers about it, etc., I I assumed, sorry, that it was like a spoof on zombie films. So uh, in the, like, kind of, like, scary movie. Yeah, yeah. Like a, it's a spoof on the genre. And, in the, like, it is that, isn't it, also? Yeah. But there's so much fucking depth to it. I know, there is. The character development is fantastic. It's all really written out, like, perfectly. I love zombie films, like, hard and fast. Like, you know, love them all. But if you watch, like, old school zombie films, like the original, like, Day of the Dead, and I feel like that, it is literally just about, oh, shit, we're in trouble, we've got to yeah. kill them. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. 
the like director very... the director of those films like george mm. romero who is yeah, like yeah. the god of, of zombie, zombie films god yeah yep loved shawl of the dead so much that he got simon Pegg and edgar wright onto land of the dead and they're they're in land oh. of the dead as zombies and they're in it he loved it so much oh. he thought it was a really good spoof on the genre so you know yeah fuck off that guy yeah yeah. This, no, again, I'm glad you called it a spoof as well because I was always like, oh, yes, yeah, a spoof. But I always both feel like a little bit guilty calling it a spoof. Yeah, because it's kind of like an homage, but they don't take the zombies too seriously because they're like sluggish zombies and, you know, there's no threat yeah. of zombies really at all unless, you know, a character has to die to move mm. on the living character's plot. Yeah. yeah, it's just a consequence of the zombies being there, but it's the characters yeah. that are driving it. Yeah, but wouldn't we what I would call like a natural spoof, which would be like you know, like scary movie mm. or don't be a menace, like that film. Yeah. I mean, like they are pure, pure out and out. Spoofs. They parody the films like quite blatantly, but buggery, yeah. and I love that. I love yeah. those films so bad. Then it moves on to Showgirls, right? So mm. <laughs> this is Showgirls. <laughs> Showgirls, uh, their review, uh, this this person called One Potato 2, back in 2007 wrote this review. So a good number of years after. Sleaze Pots is the title. What's really gross about Showgirls isn't that it's sexist, shallow, or poorly acted. That's the good part. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> What's gross is that this is what creators think is sexy. Everyone has immature and dirty ideas about sex, which makes the whole effort juvenile. Who wants to see Nomi finger herself during her monthly? First of all, who doesn't? <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's a very integral scene with her relationship with the dancer guy that wants her to be in his dance group, yeah. in his dance, and building that relationship with him. Uh, and, yeah. and them bonding over that experience together. Exactly. They they're like they're forming relationships. Like you it's know, there's pure empathy in that. <laughs> Nothing other. Who on the planet wants to see Carl McLaughlin naked? Bang any living thing with that stupid eighties hairdo. Would you want Cole's to? <laughs> oh, Carl McLaughlin. He's he's the guy that owns the club. So he's he's the the, oh, the, the bad guy. Yeah, with his big. Thought it was in Die Hard. Um, he's is he? No, he's not in Die Hard. I don't think he's in the Flintstones. He's the bad guy from the Flintstones. Oh, him or the captain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I bet you're. Oh, the cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the victim. The victim. Yeah, we've spoken the... about it before. <laughs> the pure victim in the entire fucking thing. He's complete he victim. Why not? That's about how little I want to see um, Smiley McWonder Chin in anything resembling a sexual position. So Carl McLaughlin again. It's troubling to see with a super high ear. Factor to see other people try to seriously depict what they think is sexy when the most comprehensive encyclopedia of sexy you can imagine would still not have room for what they're doing. Nomi's volatility, Nomi's volatility is sexy. Is she shrieking, combative, or a psycho, a sociopath? Don't don't label her. No, don't the label. The only label the only label she should have is this. Like, is her for safe stress? She's just a. <laughs> she, <laughs> She's trying to make a better life for herself, and she's dedicated, and she's, she's going for it. She following loves a what dream. she wants, exactly. Yeah. I mean, do it's... you think people said this about Eminem in the film Eight Mile? I no. don't think they, I think those films have incredible no. parallels. I think because it's a woman trying to take her, <laughs> and you, 
because she's like trying to take her own empowerment. She's a, <laughs> she's using uh, a weapon in her in her arsenal, which is her own body, and she's using it as and owning it and being empowered by it. And you're shunning her. Don't shun you dare shun the woman. <laughs> Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> You know how in rock movies nothing is ever less cool than when the cool band finally performs and you just sit there and wince about how bad it is. This is the sex. Nothing is less sexy than people who think they're sexy and who think they're making a sexy movie, failing at both. And frankly, if you've ever seen Joe Esterhouse, not quite sure who that is, you really have no interest in what he thinks is sexy. Um, So Joe Esterhouse is... He's the writer. He's the writer. He's the writer. So how does this person know who that person is? Well, they checked his hard drive <laughs> and like gone to. through his fucking like porn and got like, <laughs> oh, that's not sexy. Oh no. I mean, what kind of porn does he have? This film is not. The film's got tits. The film's got tits. The film's got physical it's got, it's movement of bodies. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and stuff like that. But it's not. It's not about making it sexy. It's about a woman's ordeal against the patriarch. We're thrust into her life, and her life is a difficult life. fucking thrust into her. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, What do you mean? You say you wouldn't thrust into her life. (laughs) I've thrust into many things when Showgirls is on. (laughs) Like the the sofa cushions. <laughs> no, I feel Showgirls is a very underrated film. I think that although it might not be the most obvious <laughs> choice, if we're going off of the two films, Shaun of the Dead, with its meticulous writing, well crafted characters, and incredible plot, and then Showgirls, I'm going to have to say that it goes to Showgirls. Completely agree. I think also we do need to, like, as uh, what we said in previous <laughs> episodes of this, of you know, as we said, as I said, sorry, about Sean and Daddy initial stage, what would I rather watch with you? Yes, yes. And I yes. said, yeah, Sean and Dead. And, you know, in this case, I'd rather watch Showgirls with you <laughs> yeah. than Sean yeah. and Dead. I know, I know. As I said, we, like previously, when we watched Showgirls yeah. a couple of years ago, I have never laughed yeah. so hard in my life. I yeah. love every second of it. Okay, yeah. so Showgirls has gone through. Showgirls has yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. always going to be the case. Right, so that leaves to Evil Dead 2 versus Star Wars Revenge of the Sith now. So we're coming to the final quarter final. So with Evil Dead, the review that I have here, the negative review, uh, is titled as Absolute Garbage. Right. Okay. <laughs> Evil Dead 2 is possibly the worst movie ever made. Bad acting, a plot that made no sense and has more holes in it than Swiss cheese. Supposedly a sequel to the first one. This person doesn't know anything. Idiots. It starts off as if the first one didn't exist. How can it be a sequel then, you fucking cunt? Sorry. I don't know. (laughs) Something other than cunt. I don't know. What? There's no other word. The whole film is an incoherent mess. It was billed as being a scary movie, but my friend and I merely laughed at the absurdity of it all. Granted, in most horror movies, characters do stupid things, but this movie, they do things that completely defy logic and reason. Okay. I mean, what is logical about any horror film? There isn't any logic. In fact, it kind no. of plays on the urban legends that it parodies. Like most horror yeah. films, in horror films, always like if the bad guy is outside your house, like you lock all the doors yeah. and then you run upstairs to the place you can't escape. That's always the way. It's, yeah, just, it's, just, yeah. like, it's just what happens, you know? Yeah. 
It's the complete opposite of what you should do. What you should do, you should just like leave the house. I could sort of be forgiving in the actions furthered in the movie some way, but since there's nothing resembling a plot, all they do is make things even more incoherent and stupid. The effects were abysmal, even laughable, and looks like they spent $5 on the whole movie. All right, granted, the budget is big. The budget was, I think, like five times bigger than the original. So and I like think five hundred dollars. Yeah, probably <laughs> like no point. Fuck off. Um, how could you say that? The whole I struggle with this in myself because I'm a, I'm a big horror fan. I love yeah. horror, and the reason I do love the Evil Dead one and two less so much three, if I'm honest. But the whole thing, like I love about it, it there is this very similar to Shaun the Dead. The, there's a spoof core to it. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got the spoof core to it, but because it's so good, you almost can't call it a spoof. You can't give it that label. And there's the the comedy, the the B movie kind of accentuality to it yep. that yep, yep. makes it great. Why can't why can't this why can't these people just put it on and enjoy it for what it actually is? This is this of... is it. Like this this is something that like with any mm. movie if anybody's mm. critical of it, they're not enjoying it for what it is. Like it's, yeah. it's presenting it in, in in the way it wants to. If the movie is really shit, it is shit. But then try to enjoy yeah. what it is. If the story is rubbish, is. yeah. If it's rubbish, then it's a bad film or whatever. But yeah. with, with the Evil Dead, it's parodying a lot of stuff, but not making it obviously mm. a parody. It's making its own. Like Cabin in the Woods, right? That film that came yeah. out a little a yeah. while ago, and you know, it's the same format as almost Evil Dead. It's like some teenagers in a cabin in the mm. woods. It's kind of almost parodying that. And then it goes into this massive existential thing about like horror in general. Like yeah. Evil Dead was doing it back then, but just didn't have like the budget to do it. So it's like an omnipotent force, you know, in oh. the woods and it's doing all that stuff, but it's doing it with an element of like tongue in cheek. Yeah, absolutely. The the deliberate deliberate offensive humour entwined with horror. A person that wrote that comment say there wasn't a storyline in it. Are you mad? Like oh, did yeah. you did you did you watch it? The whole like Book of the Dead and like all yeah. of going through all of that and reasons why and what actually happens that each of them one by one becomes possessed and like goes through it's what no. what is this person doing? The People the greatest the point. thing they are the greatest positive from for me personally. One of the main reasons that I do love Evil Dead One and Two, not that so much three as said before, yeah. is actually like the camera work, the actual yeah. p- production behind it. Yeah. How like yeah. Raimi and his people, his boys, they like literally invented so many techniques off yeah. of like almost no money, and yeah. like they just created this. And the makeup and effects, it was all really, really well done. Like it was, it was so, it was so well done. Yeah, it takes, having to use it... the budget like that they had to to have yeah. Ash remove his hand and then the hand attack him. It was all like it was all fantastically done. Like you know, yeah. it was done in the eighties. Is is very difficult to like yeah. have what people expect nowadays because they've been overly saturated with CGI. I think also would it would have been a hell of a lot cheaper, should we say, to do a lot of that kind of stuff off shot. So a lot of the yeah, a lot of the Hammer films at that time, like stuff would happen, then off off shot, the the result would happen. Yeah, but for them, like a lot of their budget went into like the 
blasting clay work or whatever yep. of like literal stuff actually changing in front of them. Yeah, yeah. I think they spent a hell of a lot of money in that kind of no, for sure. I think area because that shot to save money was done so much. The off like off camera shot, people would assume that that's a, a more more effective way because it leaves the viewer to think what's happened and they they can then interpret it themselves but you put your imagination into it and yeah let that go Sam Raimi and the guys they didn't want that they wanted to show you that you know this person's now fucked up all these terrible things happen and you're going to see every single part of it and that's great yeah I think it's great for them to be like look guys to the viewer be like look guys don't worry about it just sit watch it yeah we will do all the hard work for you you haven't got to use your imagination don't worry about that we'll do it all for you here you fucking go yeah yeah, yeah. i loved it Easy. i love the like the scene my favorite scene in all of it is the bit where I can't remember her name but she gets possessed and she holds a like a pair of scissors yeah but the way she holds it like by the blade and yeah. it's like kind of it's fucking great that is completely horrifying. But yeah. in a, like other horror films of the time, she would have maybe held it by the, um, like the, the correct actual, way. Know, yeah, like with the hand. It would have been like, don't run with scissors. <laughs> in, in this film, they're like, no. Do we like, want with scissors? No, you can see it's bleeding. Yeah, the whole yeah. shit. It's <laughs> a really dangerous thing. It's informed again. Terrible. This was probably mm. the worst idea to do these, but there we go. Um, no, no, that's good. I love it. People's opinions are because great. actually we're like in all of this so far we are agreeing. Which we're is agreeing weird. for once. Yeah. yeah, like no, don't ruin my films. And then this it leads on now to to Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith. Now Star Wars always got a lot of flack for the prequel movies, and this came out sort of around the time of the movie coming out. And this is titled "The Movie Sucked" and it's George Lucas's fault. And this is obviously going to be quite passionate because Star Wars incites this in people. So the first two movies were poorly written, poorly acted, and it was entirely obvious that all of the two years it took to make them went into this irritating, unnecessary special effects. I was told that this one was different. I was told that this film had redeemed all of that nonsense. By the end of watching that crime of a film, I felt as though George Lucas had reached into my pocket and stolen my $8, not to mention reached into my soul and taken a big piece. Right, who like, told them this? People, like, I guess. Like, like, what, somebody, like, you know, when, like, you would have, well, I've never done it myself, but, you know, like, you see people like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go down, put some money on the horses, let me get a <laughs> fucking little bit of inside knowledge yeah. from a guy that I know. <laughs> what, do they have that? I don't know. This is it's really difficult, like, Yes, I know that the the effects, the CGI was was quite prevalent in these films. The idea, I guess, was to open up the scope now that he had the technology and budget to do so of the world he created. He couldn't really do it in the previous three films in the 70s and early 80s because Mm -hmm. that was hard to achieve. And what they did achieve was great. But most of it was just shot in a sandy desert because it looked like an alien planet to worry about it this time he had the money to do that and the effects at the, the time tools. yeah weren't great yeah. but again mm-hmm. if you watch the film for what it is and number three revenge of the sith does take a huge step in the technology and is it looks decent yeah um, it's well polished yeah. it's like saying it's like saying to you right um you're you're gonna go and do your i don't know you're gonna go and do your fucking maths exam you can do sit there in the fucking hall, 
here you go. Here's your pencil case. Do your maths exam. Oh, you've got a pencil and a pen. Oh, you've got both of them. Yeah. I, you're not allowed to use a pen. You can only <laughs> use a pencil. Do yeah. it. And then in that time with those films, George Lucas has fucking pens all over the place. It's what do they want him to yeah. do? Fucking use chalk on a blackboard? No, <laughs> use a fucking pen. Of course, but of course. How is, how is that a bad thing? Christensen, so Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman are awful again. Samuel Jackson was equally bad, but none of them were as irritating as the CGI bad guy. It's the CGI bad guy in the That might, might be talking about General Grievous. Um, but I thought that was, I thought it was all right. I thought as a character, it was yes. all right. Yeah. How could you not do that CGI? No, can't. Um, Wookiees made an unexplainable appearance because of the loyalty that the true fans wanted. And just like C-3PO and R2-D2 appeared in the film, R2-D2, by the way, was able to move around and fight a bit, which was stomach turning. And in the original movies, he was more than just a walking filing cabinet. Oh, well, so he can't evolve. He He can't. But he did, he, yeah, he didn't have these things like in the later movies, which is, you know, in the early films, it's obviously later on. So he doesn't have like little rockets where he can. Oh, just yeah. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. So and then he, he shoots out laser stuff. But like yeah, that happens. That's that's by the by. They are right about that. I'm sorry. They are fucking right. What? So when R2D2 was younger, he had more skills than he did when he was older. How I would how how I would see it is that once mm. the events yeah. of the prequel took place and the Republic uh, was demolished and made the Empire, R two D two was on board. He was essentially Bail Organa's like go to buddy, um, right? You know, Leia's adopted father or father adoptee, um, and yeah, there was yeah. no need for rockets and crazy stuff. So that's why Ooh. he doesn't have it in the shut up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is that at the end of like the we'll say well okay yeah at the end of the prequel films mm. the men in black come out with their fucking <laughs> like memory killing device thing go <laughs> and r2d2's like oh yeah fuck it forgot no r2d2 in fact doesn't have his like memory wiped but c3po does so r2d2 is very conscious of everything and knows throughout all of the films Fucking hate <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vader becomes evil because he's afraid of Natalie Portman dying. What? Stupid. <laughs> no, we've established that. He that becomes evil the because reason. he fucking killed kids. <laughs> he's he evil went in there he is and jealous. literally slayed an orphanage. Orphanage, sorry. <laughs> he did exactly what I do in Skyrim every single fucking playthrough. <laughs> I go to, what's that place? Is it... Oh, is, is it what in Rifton, the orphanage in Rifton? Rifton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go to the Rifton. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start a playthrough. I'm going to be completely different. No, I'm fucking not. I'm going to go there. I'm going to slay them all. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to save it. All the kids. I'm, I'm going to save it before I go in there. Kill them all. <laughs> I'm not reloading. That's it. I'm done. So you just kill. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. I was going to say, like, you killed them. But then you go back and just like pretend it never happened. So you're doing it because you wanted to kill children. But if you're doing it through your playthrough, then I understand the consequences. Okay, that's good. Yeah, well, yeah, in theory, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll go and do it just to have a bit of laugh and then reload. But then I enjoy it so much, I don't <laughs> reload. <laughs> and then yeah. the guard comes over and is like, you will be a fine. And it's like 50, 50 coins. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a couple of those coins. Yeah. yeah. I'll you down. I've had a fucking great coins. time. Right? Yeah. My speech is 100. Like, I'll just talk my way out of it. Yeah. Um, 
so he is evil because he's jealous. Uh, he's evil because he has a cold black heart. For Christ's sake, he slaughters children in this movie. <laughs> you don't do that uh, to protect your girlfriend. The birth scene is crappy, especially when she just casually throws out names for them with no thought, even though she was dying from losing the will to live. And I'm not making this up because of Anakin turning to the dark side. They did a few things half-assed just to say uh, that they explained something that needed explaining. The Emperor was mangled by Samuel Jackson, um, so he looks like he does in the original films. I can understand that, but that still needs to be explained why he looks like yeah. that anyway. And then Jimmy what Smith... What do they want the birth scene to be? Like an episode of One Born Every Minute? I don't well, know. They want fucking like, visceral and shit everywhere. <laughs> and, like, it's the future, there's none of that. It doesn't need to happen. That... Dad sitting around having a cup of tea whilst she's <laughs> fucking pushing out and having a rough time. What, what do they want out of that? I don't know. Is that I, what you want to see? Oh, hopefully not. Hopefully not. The battle scenes gain popularity with somersaults and unreasonable leaping ability. The three or four fight scenes in the Star Wars movie mostly is just two guys having a sword fight realistically. Um, to hell with this movie and all who like it. George Lucas should burn in hell forever. I know now that the new Indiana Jones film will suck beyond words, just as I suspect. Right, hang on. So you, when they're saying it's unrealistic that Jedi's jumping around and shit, yeah. sorry, it'd be very unrealistic if they were just there having a fucking fencing battle. Yep. Okay. Yep. On guard, touche. If I, like, oh, man, if, if I see a Jedi and he's not leaping around like an absolute motherfucker, I'd be like, well, you're not a Jedi then, are you, oh. mate? They're the two guys at the top of their fucking game. Like, they're going to use everything that they have, except speed running, because that doesn't come back. Uh, Only in The Phantom Menace do they speed run away and never appears again. So, God, Evil Dead or Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, I'm actually going to leave this down to you. Do you actually really want to leave it down to me? Because you know what my answer is going to be. Yeah, I'll leave it down to you. It's fine. Well, I'm going to say Presented Evil Dead. the evidence. Okay. I'm going to always say Evil Dead. Like, I do, again. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, that's fine. I love Evil Dead. I do like it. And Revenge of the Sith, I explained the points of why I liked it, mainly in, in the previous episode, because of Anakin. But I can, you know, I can, I can happily, like, defer on that. Because Lord of the Rings went through, so I'm all right with that. But give, it me mean... a, give me a little fucking scrap of the bread. <laughs> it does mean three of your choices have gone through in the end here. Um, so this is good. You have been listening to the In My Humble Opinion podcast, part three of Movie Showdown. Join us on Instagram by searching at Humble Opinions underscore podcast or viewing us on YouTube by searching In My Humble Opinion Pod or one word.